At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Palliative care, is it the same as hospice care and why is it important? We'll explore the differences with guest expert, Dr. Anna Viamonte-Ross, on this week's episode of Baptist Health Talk. Welcome back, folks. This is Dr. Jonathan Fialco, and welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast. I'm a practicing preventive cardiologist and lipidologist at the Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute and Baptist Health South Florida, as well as Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health South Florida. But as a practicing physician for almost 30 years, I often see people who are confused about things they're told or hear, and that most of these things be related to their health. Um, I should say this is beyond not this is beyond my patients because it's also true for kind of families and friends and various other people in our community. And what we're told may be good for us one week is bad the next, and we eat this magic berry and we can live forever, or don't touch that piece of food because we'll die early. Um, It's more than nutrition. It's lots of other things that are out there. And part of this podcast goal is to speak with experts and review the kinds of questions that I and others have and hear and hope to provide some sense of clarity for our listeners. If you have any thoughts about this podcast, um, and hopefully they're positive, please feel free to leave a message at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. And any requests for future topics will be appreciated as well. On to today's show. Generally, I hope to bring engaging guests for discussions of relatively fun topics, things that are relevant in our lives. I'm going to switch gears for this show as we discuss a topic that is relevant for our life, but it can be a little sensitive. It's extremely important, and I hope you'll see why. And that is the topic of palliative care. When someone is receiving palliative care, often the first question one asks is, does palliative care mean the person's dying? Is it, it's often equated with hospice, and while hospice is a palliative care, palliative care is a lot more than just hospice, and hospice is not necessarily palliative care, and we'll talk about that. The World Health Organization defines palliative care as, quote, an approach that improves the quality of life of patients and their families facing problems associated with life-threatening illness through the prevention and relief of suffering by means of early identification and impeccable assessment and treatment of pain and other problems, whether they be physical, psychosocial, and spiritual, unquote. Let's think about that for a second. Physical, psychosocial, and spiritual. Really, not something to fear, but really a beautiful mission to help. There's lots to unpack in that definition and the delivery of palliative care, and there's no one better to do so than Dr. Anna Viamonte-Ross. Dr. Viamonte-Ross is the Medical Director of Palliative Care Services for Baptist Health South Florida. She happened to be the first state surgeon general for the state of Florida and head of the Florida Department of Health for many years. She's a passionate advocate for palliative care services, a wonderful educator, a colleague, and a friend, and we're most fortunate to have her here today. Anna, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. That's, I, really, um, I really can't tell you how much I do appreciate you being here, and I will thank you again at the end. <laughs> thank you. Um, but let's dig in. I mean, it is a sensitive topic, but I think very important and one that may instill fear, and we could argue unnecessarily. So, so does palliative care mean that a person is dying? Absolutely not. And uh, as I, we were just talking before uh, we started uh, taping this uh, popular show on TV, New Amsterdam, just actually talked about and and featured uh, the creation of a palliative care unit in their particular hospital. And they totally confused, actually, what palliative care is compared to hospice. Which is only going to hurt the message that we're trying to deliver. Absolutely. And this is confusing 
I dare say, not just to the lay public, but even to our colleagues and our, our clinician providers. Uh, when you and I were in medical school in our residencies, palliative care did not exist as a specialty. In fact, it really became uh, to pass as a board-recognized uh, specialty in 2006, so re pretty relatively recently. Uh, so again, there's just a lot of confusion, and people uh, see palliative care, and exactly like you say, they're very fearful and think, oh, my, must be dying. So how would you differentiate between hospice, which really is a end-of-life um, um, comfort strategy, versus palliative care? So palliative care is really uh, a way to provide support care, uh, an extra layer, let's say, of care, uh, starting at the moment that someone's been diagnosed from a serious illness. Uh, that person can live another four weeks or can live another 40 years and certainly can be provided alongside curative and aggressive types of treatment all the way until end of life. So, so let me actually, yes. let me stop that. So that's very important, I think, for the listeners. It does not mean you stop curative treatment. Absolutely it does not. Mean not. You get aggressively it's in conjunction most happens. of the time. Right. Absolutely in conjunction. We're there to help the patient, the family, and certainly our clinician colleagues provide supportive care and to address uh, physical pain, uh, all the, the complications from treatment, from shortness of breath to nausea and vomiting, uh, to, uh, to all the way to spiritual uh, concerns, uh, psychosocial and behavioral issues. And that is why our palliative care teams at each one of our hospitals is comprised of an interdisciplinary group of individuals. So we have clinicians, usually physicians, or advanced uh, practice uh, providers, as well as licensed clinical social workers, as well as chaplains. In some institutions, they even have pharmacists as part of the group, nutritionists, psychologists, again, because we want to holistically address all the concerns and issues and be supportive in every way to the patient. And, and and we've seen that. And one of the things I've seen that most resonated with me working with you and, and Dr. Brenda Daniels, who's wonderful exactly. at, at Baptist, is is that spiritual component. It's, it's the first assessment, if you will, is what does the patient want? What do they what do they want for their life? What's their expectation of of pain and, and whatever they, they want to deal with? And I think it really is that individualized approach. You're customizing the support for that individual's beliefs and their individual's desires. And, and Absolutely. Yeah. And really getting to know the patient, their needs, their goals. Uh, what's important for them, uh, and, and exactly what you're saying. I think we live in a culture, we live in a society that is so death-averse. Uh, one of our, the nurses that works in one of our hospitals is Canadian, and she said to me recently, you know, in Canada, we actually die. <laughs> but here in the United States, we fight, we battle, we're warriors. You know, when, when it's the most natural part of life is is the end and how best to provide quality and quality ending that's meaningful for the patient for the family uh, and making sure that all their needs are met and certainly they die peacefully and without any physical certainly but complaints. not with any specific time frame Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. So what are the kind of symptoms that we generally deal with um, with patients with these disease states or these medical conditions that, that palliative care also is associated with? Pain is obviously one of the big ones, but what are the other kind of things that, that the people we're dealing with often, often suffer? They often suffer from uh, a lot of nausea, vomiting. You know that certain medications uh, 
precipitate constipation in the sure. patient. So anything that's physically uncomfortable and the patient is dealing with, and then, as I mentioned, because of our interdisciplinary component of our team, if they're struggling uh, with inter familial types of, of issues with their disease process, or if they truly are towards the end of their life with end-of-life care and end-of-life decisions, all of that we're capable of and interested and able to, to, to address. So when, when would you recommend, and of course, obviously, there's lots of flexibility in this, when's the best time for a person to um, address palliative care or be addressed by a palliative care team? Uh, it's not the end when... Absolutely not. As, as I said, is whenever an individual is diagnosed with a serious illness. And as I said, they could live another 50 years, but they have the consequences of the illness or the treatment of that illness that they will have to contend with. And that's when we can step in. So I think the message again with the intent of this, 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 this podcast, if you will, is having being approached by a palliative care team does not mean... I'm going to die tomorrow, or, or for the family, it's why are they seeing my loved one? It's actually a positive thing to individualize what the patient and family needs are early to mitigate any potential suffering down the road. Absolutely. And even for our clinician colleagues uh, to engage us early on. And in fact, when you do engage palliative care in an early process, you we've seen that you improve their quality of life. You improve uh, the, fa- the family and the patient's satisfaction as well. Uh, the treatment adherence, because they understand and we take the time to explain everything, the disease process, as well as the treatment plan. We've seen fewer hospitalizations uh, in these patients, and shorter length of stay when they do come into the hospital. So again, and one- And and patients do prefer to be home. And they absolutely prefer to be home. They don't want to be a revolving door coming back to the emergency room. So if we truly address their symptoms successfully while they're in the hospital and make sure that those symptoms are addressed as well in the outpatient setting, we do then uh, avert unnecessary hospitalizations. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about the palliative care team. What 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 additional training would a, a, a physician who's a specialist in, in palliative care, what, what, what do they go through to learn and, and be experts in that so discipline? So ju- just like in your specialty in cardiology, most individuals have an internal medicine background, mm-hmm. which most of them do, and then they do a fellowship. So it's a super specialty, so mm-hmm. to speak, uh, once they're general uh, medicine specialties. How many specialties. years It's usually just a year. So it's three years of internal medicine training, then a full year then of Then a full year, so exactly, exactly. And then they take their boards and their Now, something that's very important, Jonathan, especially for our uh, clinician colleagues to understand is just like in cardiology, as an example, there's primary cardiology, secondary cardiology, the same thing with palliative care. There's a, a, a patient comes into the emergency room or to an office, let's say, of a family practitioner or anyone else, and primary cardiology, I mean, they, they are, they're auscultated, their lungs are heard, uh, they have a, an EKG done, and it's briefly read. You do not consult a cardiologist unless there's a, sec- a secondary level of concern. And the same thing should be with palliative care. And that's something that we have to, again, because a lot of physicians did not go to medical school or do their training in a time when palliative care existed, they're sort of reluctant and they don't understand. But who better than that primary care physician to talk about, uh, you know, what is what is important to that patient? What does he really want to achieve uh, during their life? What does quality of life mean to them? And then, of course, if there are challenging issues, they'll call then the specialist. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. As a, in a holistic approach to the patient, it's also a holistic approach by the medical 
profession, the medical caregivers, such that that would be an important time. Just like we may go through an advanced directive, um, which is can be a piece of paper and can be off-putting, when you put it in the right context, yeah, in that, in that primary care role, it might be a, a good place to start. And I understand. I mean, you and I, as physicians, know that we went to medical school to save people, to, to make them feel better. Sometimes that's not always possible. Uh, that should not prevent us or dissuade us from talking about sort of uncomfortable things and things that, you know, some physicians feel I failed if I have it, it'll save their life. Well, you know, again, dying is part of life. And what we need to do is uh, concentrate on the quality of life, what, however long that is, and making sure that that's optimized. That's fantastic. Um, let me go through a couple of um, um, kind of disease states. And you tell me if these are the kind of patients that would be eligible um, for palliative care. Um, patients with cancer. Absolutely. How about heart disease, heart failure? All of the above. Lung disease, COPD. um, AIDS? Yes. Alzheimer's? These are all serious illnesses. Parkinson's disease? All neurological. Absolutely. Any serious illness that, as I said, can cause consequences because of the disease itself or its treatment palliative care should be involved. That's fantastic as well. So um, uh, hopefully people understand this is not something to fear. It's part of the part of the, the, the treatment and support for a patient and the family. Um, where can we get palliative care? Where are palliative care specialists and where are these teams deployed? Do we have enough to support the people who need the support? It's never enough. Uh, but here in the hospital that you and I work in, there's certainly been a commitment Uh, to recognize its value. And we have teams uh, throughout uh, our different hospitals. We certainly need to expand the service. We need uh, the infrastructure of those teams to be be expanded as well. Uh, But we certainly need the outpatient component as well. So yes, it's not enough uh, what we have, but I'm very gratified that it's recognized and it's valued. And going forward, uh, we know that we need to reduce costs, we need to reduce uh, length of stay in hospitals, reduce readmissions, and certain palliative care is going to be uh, a very essential component to all of a this. A major driver of that. Absolutely. And, and as we said before, people want to be home. Yes. So to keep them in the hospital necessarily or avoid the hospitalization or help them in the outpatient setting, I think, is viable. Exactly. Well, that's fantastic. It's uh, It's been great talking to you. Hopefully, um, this message is well received by um, our listeners. Um, we're very fortunate in the Baptist Health System to have Dr. Viamonte Ross, her leadership and support and compassion comes through obviously in the interview but certainly working with you on a daily basis and um, and certainly working with your team so thanks again uh, once again pleasure folks, to always be with you any thank you any um, uh, comments any thoughts uh, baptist uh, health talk at baptisthealth.net um, um, hopefully positive but again give us any topics or anything you want for the future and thanks again for listening to this podcast find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.